0: What a beautiful experience it is to pass that spark on, and when you truly have embraced the grace and mercy, the the beauty of the gospel message, you can't help but pass it on, and what a beautiful gift that is. As Alex said this morning, we are continuing our study in James, and as we talked last week, we talked about a very specific uh, part of the tongue and James talks about the tongue as I mentioned last week a number of times in this letter to the uh, Jewish believers who were scattered among the land then and last week we talked about those who were called to be teachers this week we're going to broaden a little bit and just talk about the tongue in general and before we get into it very much deeper i want to actually talk about what what does James mean when he's talking about the tongue what is he referring to you know, when you think of the tongue, you probably actually think about the physical member of our body, don't you? The organ that, that is in our mouth that allows us to make sound and allows us to taste and uh, all the different functions that it has. But as James and as the, the Bible and Scripture in general is talking about the tongue, it's a little more specific than that. And if you look at the Greek word that is behind the word that is translated tongue in our English language, it basically means A language. And if you look at some other writings in the New Testament, you look at Paul's writings when he talks about speaking in tongues, or anytime he talks about the tongue, he's talking about language in the book of Acts. and Luke wrote the book of Acts. He's talking about they talk, they spoke in different tongues. They, talk, they, they talked in different languages. Well, what is a language? What is the purpose of a language? The lang- we Most of us speak English as our primary language. There may be some in here who are bilingual. We know that there are multiple languages around the world and one of the biggest uh, hurdles I guess to overcome when evangelizing the world is, is languages and there's entire ministries dedicated to translating the scriptures into other languages around the world. Well, basically what a language is is a means of com- communication. If you didn't understand English this morning you wouldn't be able to understand what I'm standing up here saying this morning. It's a means of communication. Well, How, how do we communicate? In what ways do we use language? Well the spoken word As I am doing here, as we've done this morning already, through Alex and uh, the call to worship, through the praise team and leading us in songs. Those are all different varieties of spoken and and, uh, words that we sing and to communicate the message of the songs, to communicate the message of Scripture, to communicate prayer requests and the events of the week. We also have the written word. You guys have your Bibles in front of you. You have books that you read. We communicate through writing in just many different ways. We have other uh, more obscure things. We have sign language, different symbols that we, can, that we can perform to show each other what we're trying to say. We're doing a little bit of that with Judah. Probably some of you have done that with your children. Before they could verbalize words, you can teach them little symbols to make with their hands to ask for more or to say thank you or to say please and, uh, or to say drink, whatever it may be. There's a, a whole uh, standard of sign language uh, symbols that you can teach your children that's another form of language it's another way to communicate we also communicate by actions we communicate with our body language you've heard the term in a negative way somebody says that another person has a chip on their shoulder you can just kind of tell by the way they carry themselves And we communicate our attitudes in that way. We can be uh, open to someone. We can appear open to someone to talk. But just by the way we present ourselves physically, if we look inviting and and interested in their lives, we can do it without speaking a word. That's another form of a language, another form of communication. And another one that we're all, um, a lot of us are very familiar with is uh, kind of a variation on the whole written word, spoken word, and that's social media. Uh, Many of us are on Facebook. Many are on Twitter. Uh, We use that to communicate with some of our closed circles of friends, uh, depending on which social media source you use. Uh, But it's a way to get information out very quickly. And we can let people know often how we're encouraged today. We can let people know what's going on in our day, challenges we're facing. Um, There's a lot of information that we can get on there that we don't really need to know and that's one of the downsides to that form of communication that people seem to not use their filter and they'll put things out there that they would never say to other people but yet it remains that social media is another form of communicating and we use our languages within that form of communication to communicate the reality is any way that we can get our point across to someone is a means of communication whether it's smoke signals or morse code or social media or writing or singing or speaking anything like that is communication and that is what James is talking about when he's talking about the tongue we don't want to narrow it just to the spoken word because that's not at all we have so many ways that we can communicate now I'm curious as you look at the text this morning as you see in your bulletin we'll be looking at James chapter 3 verses 3 through 12 curious what the first thing is that comes to your mind as you read these verses ...kind of tongue-in-cheek. Maybe one of them is last week he only had two verses, and he went almost 45 minutes. We're in for it this week, aren't we? Try to cut it down a little bit this week and be a little, little, keep a little better pace. But um, no, I'm curious. We're, I've broken it down, as you've seen, your outline into three different areas. We're going to first look at the power, the power of the tongue. Then we're going to look at the perversion of the tongue. And then finally, the root, the root of how we communicate, the source of the words that we communicate in whatever means we choose to communicate with so as we look at james chapter three we'll start be starting in verse three whenever daryl's ready
1: if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us we guide their whole bodies as well look at the ships also though they are so large and are driven by strong winds they are guided by a very small rudder my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water.
0: Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, once again for the direction that you give us in your scripture. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be able to learn about you, to learn who you are, and to learn what it means to, to look like you, to act like you, and, and to have that goal for us, Father. And we thank you, Lord, most of all, that you give us the power and the grace to do that, and you don't expect us to do it on our own, Lord. Just guide us through this text this morning as we look into see what you have for us in it, Father. And I just pray for the words and for the strength here this morning, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I said, we've kind of broken this down into three sections. And the first thing we want to look at is the power. And if you look at the first five verses of this section, we want to see what exactly power do we have in the tongue? What power do we have in our communication? Well, first of all, he talks about the power to guide, the power to lead. And he gives two examples as he talks about this. He talks about horses and bits. And you know we have a community where we can see a lot of horses on the road horse drawn buggies and and use horses to farm and we can see that as we drive around and we have a pretty good understanding of how that works to put a bit in a horse's mouth and how with the reins then you can guide that horse where you want to go. He also uses another example as a ship and that small rudder that guides such a large vessel. And he's emphasizing how much power the tongue has to lead. How much power we have with our communication. And if you think about the large corporations of the world and how they have, how, in many cases, the initial, the original CEO, how they built that company up. And a lot of times it's with their ability to communicate. It's their personality and how they conveyed their dreams, how they conveyed their desires, how they conveyed their wisdom to the people who they had hired and who were under them. You think about in a church and how you've seen churches grow and how God uses the gifts like we talked about last week with teachers and how He uses teachers to teach from behind the pulpit, how He uses teachers to teach in the classrooms, how He uses teachers to teach in the counseling room, how He uses teachers to teach one-on-one in uh, accountability groups. You know, that teaching element is so broad and is so vastly available to us. But how He uses communication how he uses the tongue to further his kingdom, to grow his kingdom, and the power that we have with our words, and the power that we have with our ability to communicate. Anyone who is in a position of leadership in some way, in an effective leadership, is a good communicator in some way because they are able to convey their dreams and able to convey their visions to the people who they have within their circle of influence. The other power that we talk about, we've now talked about the power to lead, the power to guide, but in these first five verses of this section of scripture, he also talks about the power to destroy. In our tongue, through our communications, we do have the power to destroy. He he uses the example of setting a forest ablaze. You know, we sang a song this morning and it was in the positive, it was in the in the encouragement perspective the last song we sang was it only takes a spark to get a fire going and it was talking about a beautiful fire spreading the good news of the gospel well that works in the other direction also and that's what James is talking about this morning in this text and i ask you this morning in your experience how fast have you seen words spread how fast have you seen something that was communicated spread throughout your circle of friends throughout the community You know, people have talked about how in this community that, you know, news gets around quickly, and it does. And a big part of that is because we all know so many people. It's a pretty close-knit community, and we know, one person may know two people, and they know two people, and it just spreads by multiplication like crazy, and words can get around so quickly. Stories and news can spread so quickly, and it can be so damaging and so harmful. And that's why it's important that we acknowledge and understand the power of the tongue and the power of communication, the power of our words. I want you to finish a statement for, this, for me this morning, so pay close attention. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Exactly. Is that a true statement? No, it's not. That's a little rhyme that we learned as children. Not really a rhyme, but a little statement that we learned as children. And it was meant to encourage us. And it was meant to tell us to buck up and just endure it because, you know, they're just words. What can they do? Words can do a lot of damage. Words can crush people's spirits. Words hurt. It's that simple. They do. We can try to act all macho and all strong and act like they don't. But we all know they do when we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with each other. Words can destroy lives. You know, whether a story is true or false, and sadly many, many times they're false, a story that is spread can destroy, will destroy. And many times it's not spread in love. It's not, you know, sometimes it's spread under the premise of, oh, I'm concerned for this person. If you were concerned for that person, you would take it to the Lord in prayer and you wouldn't have to go tell other people to help you pray. And I just say that this morning to challenge you and to be diligent and understand and respect the power that your words have and how harmful and how hurtful they can be. Because the reality is, once our words are out, whether it be whatever form of communication we choose through spoken word all the way to social media, once they're out, they cannot be taken back. You've probably seen instances where people posted something on Facebook and a little while later they took it down and they said, well, cleaned that up. Well, no, I'll guarantee you if it was abrasive or if it was edgy in any way, someone took a screenshot of it and you'll never get it back. Words, once they're out, cannot be taken back. Yes, they can be apologized for, they can be repented for, but the pain is still there, the wound is still there. Do we understand the power that our words have? And they not only have the power to destroy, which James is talking about, but I want to just mention briefly the positive side of it. As we look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Yes, we have the power to destroy. We have the power to bring death to relationships, to lives, spiritual lives. But we also have the power to speak life. We have the power to bring life to those around us through encouraging words, through uplifting words. We have that power also. And I didn't want to be remiss this morning and not mention that. I didn't want just all, just to just all be a downer. Because there is power in the tongue and there is a positive positive power in the tongue and i want to remind us of that this morning Well, the second part of our outline is the perversion the perversion of the tongue the perversion of our communication well let's first devi- define perversion because it does have about three different definitions and for our purposes this morning the perversion we're talking about is the act of turning something to a wrong use And as we look at verses 6 through 10 of our text this morning, we're going to talk about turning the use of communication, the use of the tongue to a wrong use. The improper use of the tongue, the improper use of our communication. In verse 6, we want to look at James 3 verse 6. We want to look at the message translation, translation of this verse because it kind of brings it out into, it kind of hits home, it hit home with me and I pray it does the same with you. It says that a careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. And in context, when he says can do that, he's talking about starting a fire, can spread like a fire. He goes on to say, by our speech, we can rule the world. We can turn harmony to chaos. We can destroy reputation. We can set the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. And he goes on to say that that smoke is right from the pit of hell. And back to the ESV version, that part of the verse says, set on fire from hell. You see, all of that perversion of our speech comes from the evil one, comes from Satan, comes from hell. The corruption that we speak comes from Satan. It is one of his tools to try to destroy the world as we know it. Why is Satan here? We want to remember to steal, to kill, and destroy. He has no concern for us. He has no desire to help us, to restore us. He only desires to destroy us and everything that God has created. To pervert it, to it. that is satan's desire he will use our words if we are willing to make that happen in verse seven kind of a side note he asks a question and he's setting up his next point but in his question he says he goes on to say any time he says any kind of animal can be tamed he doesn't ask the question but it calls a question in my mind and he says any kind of animal can be tamed well he has not met my miniature horse now, I shouldn't say that. He's been tamed, but he's not trained real well. But I have some satisfaction knowing that he says any kind. So maybe other kinds of miniature horses besides mine can be tamed. I don't know. But I just say that on a side note because it is interesting to think of the effort that goes in to training animals. Some of you may have done it more uh, frequently or uh, spent more time training your animals. And, and I am uh, determining to spend more time with our horse because I know it is possible. I've seen the benefits in just some of the few things that I've tried to train him in. And using that example, you talk about training animals and you can see the effect that you can have on animals. But then he goes in V8 as he set up his point. In verse 8, as he set up his point, he says, but no human being can tame the tongue. Yes, we as human beings can tame animals of all kinds and it's been done, he says. But no human being can tame the tongue. No human being. He qualifies the way that the tongue can be tamed. He's saying that no human being can do it. And we're going to deal with this a little bit later in our last point. But in flowing with the scripture, I wanted to make that point and encourage you to think about that and how he did qualify it and say that no human being. So that means there is a means. There is a way that the tongue can be tamed. But going on to verse 9, and we're continuing with the description of the perversity of the tongue, the perversity of communication. We've already talked about the wickedness of the tongue. Now we want to look at the two-sidedness of the tongue. And this is what James is looking at. He says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. You come, we come to church, sadly, in this church and across The greater church across the world, there's people who come and they sing praises. They may even stand up and give prayer requests. And then before they even leave the building that they are attending church in, they'll have a cross word to say about someone or a negative thing to say about someone. With the same mouth, they just blessed their Creator. They just cursed the Creator's children. They just tore them down. James is saying that should not be so. Blessing and cursing should not come from the same mouth. What do we do? We'll we'll be here in church and we'll bless God on the way out. We're asking the question, Did you hear what so-and-so did? Did you hear about so-and-so? Can you imagine what they did? That's out of the same mouth, blessing and cursing. That's what James is talking about. Remember, Jesus said, Whatever you do to the least of these, you do also to me. So those unkind words, those critical words those words of gossip that we're speaking about other people, we're doing that to Jesus. Because we are all created in His image. And He desires to have us walk with Him. So when we put down a fellow human being, we are speaking down about Jesus. I say, Kevin, this is hard. I mean, it's hard to control my tongue. There's words come out sometimes and I just wish I'd never said them. So why deal with it? Why don't we just stop communicating? Why don't we just cut out the proverbial tongue and just stop talking to people and just stop? It's just too hard. Well, the reality is we can't do that and we know we can't do that. Communication is the key to the way we live. We know back to the Tower of, Bab- of, of Babel that they worked so well together that they could build that huge tower and, and God confused their language to keep them from building that. We know that good communication can accomplish things, amazing things within us as individuals. The important thing is, and what the people at Babel were not doing, they were not giving the credit to God and they were glorifying themselves in it. But we know that there's power in communication. And we know that it can be used for good and it can be used to further the kingdom of God. So trying to cut out communication is not only impossible, but it's Not what God intended. The reality is our poor communication, our mischosen words or our sinfully chosen words are a symptom. They're a symptom of a deeper issue. You know, We can try to condition our flesh and say, I'm going to stop saying this. I'm going to stop saying that. I'm going to stop gossiping. I'm going to stop using foul language. I'm going to stop whatever it is that I'm misusing my communication with. I'm just going to stop it. We can try to reckon that in our hearts all we want and we're going to fail because we're too weak to do that. We're too weak to overcome that because what we're overcoming is what's within us. Just think about it with a physical illness. We're only going to get so far treating the symptoms of cancer, aren't we? We can treat the symptoms of cancer so long before cancer is going to overtake our body and we're not going to be able to treat it anymore. And if we just continue to treat the symptoms of our poor choice of communication, our poor words, our sinful words, but do nothing about the source of those words, we're eventually going to lose control of it, no matter what amount of control we think we have of it. And that brings us to our third point, the root. The root of our sinful communication, our tongue, that is out of control and is on a path of destruction, a path of division. And the way we overcome that is to go to the root. Go to the source of the communication that we're spewing all over everyone we come in contact with. James says, Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And he earlier talked about a spring can't produce both fresh and salt water. It's just not possible. You can't one day get salt water out of a spring and the next day get fresh water and then go back and forth. It's not possible. It's either salt water or it's fresh water. And he's saying a salt pond cannot produce fresh water. The reality is the pond has to be changed. We have to choose a different pond. We have to choose a different spring. Going back to our earlier verse, he talks about no human being can tame the tongue. This is where it comes in. We cannot tame our tongue. We cannot control our tongue when we have a heart that doesn't desire to control our tongue. The reality is the only way that we can tame our tongue is to fully embrace the gospel message. And the way, we surre- the way we fully embrace the gospel message is to understand, first of all, what Christ did for us. And the fact that He came to this earth as a man, lived the perfect life, died, suffered and died, and was resurrected in victory over sin and death. When we truly believe that and embrace that and receive our power completely From that that's how we overcome our tongues our sinful responses to things our sinful actions when it comes to communication I ask you this morning have you surrendered your life to the lordship of Jesus Christ have you given the steering wheel of your heart over to God Or are you still trying to have it your own way and then trying to cover the acts of the flesh trying to handle them yourself trying to keep it under your own control the only way you're going to overcome your sinful actions is to give your life fully to jesus christ and understand what that means to you and the reality is when you do surrender your life to christ you're saying kevin i gave my life to jesus i love the lord but i still do these stupid things i say stupid stuff i get angry i gossip and i don't want to Yeah, you're still going to fail. You guys have heard me many times. We're not going to be perfect. Our pond is not going to be pure as long as we're on this earth. Even though it's a freshwater pond, there's going to be a little bit of contamination in it because we live in this world. But the reality is, and we know our hearts. You know your heart. You know if you've given it to the Lord. You know what is the source of the sinful things that you're speaking. But what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? So the question comes back to, in summary, how do we tame the tongue? Well, looking back over our three points, the first step in how we tame the tongue is to recognize the power of the tongue. Remember, it has the power to guide, to lead us, and it also has the power to destroy. And remember, it also has the power to bring life. Someone once mentioned, and they're talking in the, from the perspective of uh, young people, primarily young boys, learning how to drive dirt bikes. And you know how moms can get so nervous and they think it's so dangerous. And they said that, this gentleman said that, well, they're not dangerous to start with because they have a healthy fear. They have a respect of the power that that bike has. But as they get more and more used to it, it becomes more and more dangerous because they push the limits a little more. And that's the way it works with our tongue. That's the way it works with our communication. When we get a little more comfortable with what we're saying and, and we lose the respect for the power that our tongue has, then we're a little less careful about how we choose our words and what we say and to who we say it to. We have to truly understand the power that our words have, the power that our communication has. That's the first step in taming the tongue, is the need to know that it has to be tamed. The power that it has to destroy. The power that it has to bring life. The power that it has to divide. We have to acknowledge and understand in our hearts that power. That's the beginning of taming the tongue. The beginning of taming my horse is to respect that horse and to know that he could hurt me. And the the beginning of taming the tongue is to understand the power that it does have to destroy our lives and the lives of others. The second key that we've talked about in summary to taming the tongue is to recognize the perversion of the tongue. What what do we mean by that in general? We need to call sin, sin. When we choose our words poorly, when we hurt someone by our words, and sometimes it's not intentional, sometimes we didn't mean it the way it came out, and what we were guilty of is not fully thinking through how it would be understood and how it would be received. But it all comes back to understanding the perversion. We need to recognize when we have sinned against someone and call it what it is. We need to be willing to go to someone and say, (coughs) I wronged you. My words were hurtful. My words were unkind. And I am sorry. Now remember, as we talked about the power of the tongue, we can't take those words back. But our acknowledging that they were wrong will go a long way to healing. So understanding the perversion of the tongue is another key element to taming the tongue. Understanding the sinful words that we speak and recognizing them as a the sin that they are. And the way we do that is to surrender our lives to the Lordship of Christ and seek to know, as I talked about earlier, His scripture is a testimony to the very character of God. And the more we understand scripture, the more we read our Bible and truly understand it, the more we understand the nature of God and we can identify what is sin, what is of God and what is not. And then finally, we go to the root. Finally, the way we tame the tongue and really it's where we need to start is to change the water in the pond as we said. We need to surrender our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We need to give our lives to God and say, God, help us. God, I cannot tame my tongue. I cannot purify my communication under my own strength. The only way I can accomplish that is by surrendering my life to you and truly understanding who you are. My challenge to you this morning is to look at these steps. Respect the power of the tongue. Understand the sin, the perversity that is possible by the tongue. And search yourself and see where are your priorities, where are your actions, your words, where are they coming from? What is the state of your heart? And if you've not surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I encourage you to seek that out and to seek someone to help you if you don't understand, if you're just stuck. Seek someone you trust to help you to walk that walk and to give your life over to Christ. And you won't have to struggle daily so much with your words, with your, with your communication. Yeah, you're still going to fail. You're still going to mess up. But when your life is centered around Christ, when you change the water in the pond, life begins to look easier, begins to make sense. It doesn't seem like the struggle that it seems like before you have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. I praise you, God, for your amazing love and mercy, Lord. God, I thank you for the tools that you give us to tame our tongue. I thank you, Lord, for the tools you give us to work out our salvation, to work out the gift that you've given us, God. Lord, give us clear spiritual eyes to call sin, sin. Give us the strength to acknowledge the sin in our hearts and in our lives, Father. Lord, give us an awareness of the power that we have with our words, the power that we have with our communication, Father. And, Lord, give us the strength to let go, the strength to allow you to change our hearts, Father. God, we can't stop you. But, Lord, you desire our obedience. You desire us to desire you, Father. Lord, give us the strength to do that. Open our hearts to be able to do that, Father. We praise you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.